Forte, and for four years of my life, I was part of a cult. The organization looked nice and sweet on the outside, but it did a lot of damage to many people on the inside. After sharing my experiences with others, they helped me come to terms with the fact that we were in a cult, and now I speak out about that trauma while giving others a chance to do the same. Welcome to my podcast series, I Was in a Cult. Welcome back to I Was in the Cold. It's your boy Forte, and I have part two, the finale of the interview with Katrina. Such good content so far, a lot of heartbreaking things as well. Um, it's very difficult to kind of go back and look at your past and, and deal with some of the things that you have experienced. But I think Katrina did a great job, and um, she definitely uh, mentioned that there were some other things that she could have covered. Uh, we had a conversation earlier today about. Uh, <clears throat> things she could have included um, to provide a little bit more context, but I thought she did a fantastic job. We talked for two hours last night. So, um, or at this point, you know, it'll be a week after the um, first interview has been uploaded, but regardless, uh, we talked for a couple of hours and I was very proud of her for sharing her story. And, um, in a twisted way, excited for the impact that she's going to make because other people are going to want to move forward and uh, talk a lot about the uh, things they've experienced as well. So as always, um, trigger warnings. Um, there has been physical, mental, and sexual abuse that has been addressed in uh, these interviews. So if any of these are triggered to you, please skip the episodes. There's going to be a lot more content that's going to be provided. And, uh, there's going to be something for you, something for everybody. But uh, we'll get started with part two of the interview. And thank you all so much for taking time to listen. You know, um, so I had to kind of like revisit that and just kind of like heal my inner child because I, you know, I was telling the truth. This did happen to me and my family, I mean, you brought up, um, you know, people kind of defending other people because of, no, they're like in such a position of power in our church that could never happen here. It wasn't even that for my parents. It was, oh, you're saying I'm a bad parent. You say, I'm not good. I'm not good enough. It was literally that. You say, I, w- I put my child in danger, Katrina, you know, and it's just, no, no, I'm not saying, you know, what, what can you do when you're like a kid? Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that was um, a big part. There have been um, one of the people I recently talked to who knew, actually, I found this person on a Facebook group and turns out we had mutual friends and I was like, Hey, I saw you have so so mutual friends. She's like, yes. Why? And I'm like, uh, I might have met you a long time ago. She's like, oh, I remember you. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, I had a terrible experience with your family. And I was like, oh my god, I have. Please call me right now. And we spoke for like three hours. She was um, raped by someone in the church as a child, 
And then the church, my mother included, surrounded her, telling that she cannot have a child out of wedlock and forced her to marry this person. We're talking years before she left. Eight children, I believe. And just knowing, and her just telling me things my mom would say, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like so in shock. I could totally hear her saying these things. I've heard her say these things. You know? That's just... It's just so much damage. Yeah. Oh, man. God. Good grief. I mean, as soon as you said that, eight kids, and it's just like, the minute, you know, she was basically someone else's property, she couldn't get out. And so she yeah. had to. she had to do it. And like, it's frustrating. And that is just like one of the biggest things. The way that some of these churches or even denominations, worldviews, whatever you want to call it, the way that they treat women as if they are property, mm-hmm. as if they are cattle, mm-hmm. anything but human, it's just fucking insane. And it's just, it's really sad to hear these stories and stuff. And even like with you, like, they're trying to plan a marriage and you're not even like a, you know, like a teen team, you know what I mean? You're yeah. early on. And it's just like, dude, like I, 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 for the life of me, I don't understand why churches were so big on promoting getting married at such an early age. Like for me, you said you're a boy, uh, boy, crazy. I was girl crazy. I was all, you know, kind of the same thing. Like my parents split when I was young um, I was trying to find love. I didn't yeah. know what the fuck love was. So I was just looking for whatever yeah. I could out there. Um, you know, had a lot of shitty, you know, situations, relationships, a lot of things that, you know, would occur. And it's just extremely frustrating that not many people were trying to push us away from those things. They were trying to say, that's okay. Just keep praying. The right one's going to come there. You might, you know, um, when I left to the ministry, I was going to join uh, one of uh, one of my friends was like, you might f- meet your future wife there. But I was 20 at that time. Why would I need to find a wife at, you know, 20? And by the time I left, I was almost 25. Like, there's no need for that. There's no need to try to find something at that age. You're still trying to figure out shit about yourself. You know, you're not fully functioning in your brain until you're 25 years old. So what the hell are you needing to get married for? Like, um, there was a guy who was in the ministry for, I think, two, three, maybe four years around the time I got there. But him and I were born the same year. Mm -hmm. And so we were the same age. So I just turned 21. He was 21 for a few, you know, months. And he got married. And I I look at it, you know, he was a lot more mature than I was, you know. And this was also mentioned to me by the founder of the ministry when I left the organization. He was like, he's here. He's got his degree. He's about to go into ministry and stuff. You're leaving. You have absolutely nothing. It's like, I feel sorry for you. Like, you have absolutely nothing going for you. And you decide that you want to walk away from this ministry. Yeah, because you guys are fucking insane. That's why. And the reason why he's got all these things is he's a disciplined guy, one. But he was also one of your minions. So, of course, he's going to go down this path. He's going to, you know, do everything that he can to be in good shape. He's big in ministry now with the church that he's in and stuff. Like, I mean, it's crazy. I'm happy for him for pursuing those things. But like, I look back at that, you know, like when he got married, he was 21 years old. He was still young. There were still things that he needed to learn, but they push and they push and they push getting married at such a young age. Yes. And so much abuse and so much mistreatment. All of these things will happen at that age because you're not old enough to completely 
um, or even mature enough, you're not there yet to fully understand what you're getting yourself into. And, you know, and kudos to those who can figure it out at an early age and get that together. I was not one of those people. Hell, I still try to figure shit out. I'm almost, you know, almost 40 trying to get, you know, get my act together. But like, that's kind of the thing, you know, it's just like they, they do these things and marry people off or whatever. And they set themselves, they, they set young girls and women up for a lot of heartbreak and damage and abuse and trauma and all of these things. And it's just like, this is your child. This is someone yeah. that you rocked to sleep that you, you know, made sure they, that they were feeling better when they were sick. You, you know, you were there for first steps and first words and all this stuff. Why would you want to pawn them off to somebody else as if they were of no importance to you at such an early age for the life of me, I'll never fucking understand. That was something that, that really came up recently and something, I mean, since my daughter just turned two, you know, I'm like, what the hell was going on through my mom's mind? Um, I know I was conceived on their honeymoon and it sounded like, I don't know. I, I don't, I can't ask them directly, you know, but I, I can't really fully understand why my mom has resented having children. I mean, she clearly does. She, I mean, since me started just disassociating, not, not really have any motherly intuition with anyone really outside, only out people outside of the family, period. Um, so, you know, we'd see mom being nice to everyone. Wow, you're the nicest mom. <laughs> yeah, you don't know her. You know, um, but I, I I just can't even imagine, you know, having my daughter say, hey, mom, this man did these things to me. I don't even know what this is. What what do I, you know, and say, no, you're lying. That didn't happen. What, what does that do to someone's mind? And that's something actually, which is so funny that we're talking about, because my family's coming literally right now like they are driving right now here and me and my husband we got booked at eddie's attic where like a lot of people have been discovered there we're like wow like we've been messaging these people for months <laughs> we fought they finally got our they finally have us because we were on uh, georgia has talent i think that's kind of like why i think that happened and i'm like this is it this could be our one in a million chance for the right person to be there the right situation not have to struggle week by week, you know? And um, we don't have anyone to watch our daughter. So I was like, the only option is my mom. And like I told my husband right before I called you, I'm like, I, I just give, I just, I can't, I cannot, I don't trust her. I don't trust her at all. I got cameras, but I don't trust her. And I'm like, what do I do? I, I don't, I don't trust, I, I'm not going to find someone on Facebook that I just met. I'm not going to do that. So thankfully I was able to find someone from the church we've been going to that actually has a connection with my daughter. Cause I know she is super cautious, which we've taught her, you know, I've taught her well. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, it's just something very real right now. Yeah. And, and that's, that's frustrating. Not, you know, not being able to trust the person that, you know, gave birth to you to, yeah. to not indoctrinate or, you know, brainwash your child or even just in a short amount of time do, you know, irreparable damage. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. 
to be in that situation. And I and I hope the best um, for you know the situation when your parents get there. I really do hope that it is a pleasant one. But as someone who has parent, you know, parents that have been uh, sometimes, like I said, my mom and I are doing much better um, now than you know in the past. My dad and I don't speak at all, and uh, mm-hmm. and ironically, it's because of content that was shared on this podcast because I didn't take his advice. He got pissed off at me, and that just kind of sent a chain reaction of shit mm-hmm. uh, since then. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, he's a grown man. He's going to act like a child. That's fine. But I'm also a grown man, and I don't have to deal with this bullshit. So it is what it is. I need that yeah. tattooed on my face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hey, that might that might actually you know it, it put the nail in the coffin for good. You know that, that might actually work. Uh, It'll just be yeah. backwards. I see it every day. Yeah, absolutely. What's that mean? Oh, you don't know. You don't have to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for me. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like uh, it's it's frustrating because you know, and one of the biggest things is, and you know not doing the same things and, you know, putting yourself in a position to where you're not, you know, damaging your own kids and stuff. I got to remind myself daily, Hey, if you keep doing this, you're going to end up having the same relationship with your kids that you have with your parents. And if you're not feeling the relationship with your parents, understand that 20 years from now, they're going to be doing the same thing. Get your shit together kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a frustrating thing because I see a lot of families that, you know, they're not perfect, but they work through things. They're able to talk and communicate and stuff. And I don't really get that with mine. And, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating. Um, so I feel for those who are like mm-hmm. me to where either you just have to kind of get through, yeah. um, get through visits and stuff and just kind of, you know, grin and bear it and just, you know, grit your teeth and not say a word, bite your tongue, because you know, that if you say something, you know, shit's going to blow up and uh, <laughs> not fun, not, not, an ex- you know, not a fun experience at all, but, um, yeah, um, I, I've been a part of uh, a few of those, and it's just, yeah, it's not a fun situation at all. Um, so, but I do, hey, I, I hope that um, you guys with the gig and stuff, I hope that's going to be, you know, good as well. Thank Hell, you. I would, I would love to get, you know, back into something musically. You know, I, I think I made, I've made excuses long enough. Like my voice, I think it's starting to regain its full power because for the longest time, I couldn't hit my falsetto notes anymore. It was just very, raspy and you shouldn't have a raspy falsetto i don't even know how to fucking describe that but it sounds really bad um but no matter what i would sing it would all sound bad and i think it's just because i stopped singing in church not no matter well, it, was, what, it was a negative it was a negative yeah. thing to, you mean that was your job you know yeah and i stopped doing it and it just kind of you know and it was just like all right i, I guess you're done now yeah. so i think i'm regaining my power and my voice now and you know I'm trying to get back into writing and I got ideas for a project, you know, to write about my deconstruction process and stuff. And so I'm just trying to get back into that. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm happy for y'all. I think that would be, you know, really great if uh, things work out. And, you know, I I do wish y'all, you know, the best in in the upcoming uh, gig. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, yesterday, last night was like a hard night. I'm just not excited to see them. It's like more dread. Um, and I've told my therapist, like, if I had the choice, I would never see these people again. I would never, they've never been a parent to me. Like, sure. They provided for me. Sure. They, I called them mom and dad, but I never, I mean, what I did feel, feel as a child, I don't even, I don't even remember that, you know, I don't. And 
it's just, oh, these people are coming again. Oh, great. Um, and I, I grin and bear it because of my, I have three more siblings at home still. And like I said at the beginning, like they don't have what, none of them have what I have. No, I'm like, we need to get the fuck out. We need to get the fuck out ASAP and do whatever you got to do. Break a window, steal a car, like take your dad's car, like whatever you got to do to survive. No one has that. And it's really scary to the point. The main reason why I'm really dreading them coming is because in November, I told them that I was going to call Child Protective Services on them again. Unless, unless they got my sister the mental health that she needs. And their reaction was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. They started screaming at me, you know, get away from our family. You know, they left immediately. And um, to this day, I have not talked to my dad. So him, I know he's coming because my sister is having a child um in the next week or maybe a few days i don't know um i I don't really know how to react i don't know if he if i can be in the same room with him i don't know my mom's advice was to have my husband talk to him and i was like oh yeah i forgot had a vagina no he can talk to me he has issue with me you know like but i mean yeah this this last few months have been really scary because of some huge huge mental health issues that are going on in that house. Yeah. They're not abusive anymore because of the other times I've called defects on them, but it's, it's still insane, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I've, I've told this to my therapist and I'm, and I'm okay saying this on online or whatever, but I truly believe if my sister does not get help, she's going to be one of those people who are at a mall taking people out the content that she sees, the stuff that, I mean, she opens her phone, it says, kill yourself. That's what it says on her phone. That her parents got her. Instead of getting her mental health. You know, like, that's that's just something that I was okay, you know, I told my dad, look, look, you don't, I don't have to call Child Protective Services. You can get her to a psychiatrist. She's freaking hallucinating. This is not something you can pray away and take to a pastor which is his direction for everything. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been challenging. I'm really hoping to just see them, see how they're doing because I have no communication with them. I was totally cut out. So this is kind of like why I'm grinning and bearing it. Yeah. I mean, and it's unfortunate, you know, you try to make, uh, make, do or make best with what you know what what is given to you because you don't want to rock the boat too much and then lose all access altogether. But at the same time, you know, you want to make sure that they have an understanding of who you are is who you are, and you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna backpedal. You're not going to, you know, change that for anybody. And you know, they need they're to they're incomplete. They're yeah, incomplete. Sure. <clears throat> we did nothing wrong, Katrina. You lied. You lied. You need to fix this. That's always a crazy thing. That's what I got from my dad too. Like you know, I did the best I could. I, you know, I was a uh, a drill sergeant in the army, or whatever. So the way that I raised you was the best way I knew how. And if you don't like it, that's your own fucking problem. And I'm just like, uh, that's not how that shit works, sir. You were very antisocial. You didn't show your feelings. You said that crime was bad. You, you never, you know, like 
You don't like yeah. people talking back. And when we did talk back, you put your fucking hands around our throats. Oh, was that just me? Because it did happen to me. Um, you didn't like that when when someone stood up to you. Um, yeah. You did some shit that was kind of off the you know uh, off uh, off the chart. I mean, hell, there's a lot more that I could say, but again, you know, some of the story is not my story, so I'm not going to sit there and share other things that happened. But that was not a kind, cuddly man. He was abusive as fuck. He may not have been so physically yeah. all the time, but he was definitely mentally and emotionally. He was not the person that I could go to. So sure, you could say that your way of parenting was the best you knew how, but I'm here to tell you, your best was shit. And your yep. best is rubbing off on me. And now my parenting is yeah. shit. Now I can't blame him on everything because now I know I know better. So I got to do better. But it's just a matter of I'm fighting the way that I'm parenting with my kids because of what I remember hearing when I got out of line yeah. with my, you know, with my parents. So it's it's just mind boggling to me when parents say we did nothing wrong. You lied. Come on now. Take accountability for the shit it that you've done. It's no, it's worse. It's yeah. worse. Yeah. My, I have it written down here because I always take notes in my therapy and I have this still open on my computer. And this is what my parents said that I, I'm sorry, my therapist said about my parents. And my, she's never met them. Okay. This is all of her, this is one year of knowing me. Your parents are completely out of touch with reality. reality. They are pathologically abusive, something seriously wrong mentally. And they've always been this way. Um, my parents do not have common sense. Like it's, it's ridiculous, ridiculous. I could, I, my, my mom is the worst. Like, um, I'll, if I say the sky is blue, she'll say, no, Katrina, the sky is blue. And I'm like, I just said that. No, you didn't. You never said that. And you, you just, you can't, you can't, you literally cannot. And to me, just lying, like, I'm really good at knowing when someone is lying to me. Because I've been lied to my whole life. You know, I can see, I can see in a second. Oh, I can see right through you. Not worth my time, you know? Um, and, and because of that, it's, it's, I cannot. <laughs> the last time she was here, she was saying that, that she was recognized by Brian Kemp at the crisis pregnancy um, ministry that she was involved in. And in my mind, I'm like, I want to scream at her and say, he wasn't even fucking governor. What the hell are you talking about? You know, but I can't. My therapist said not to. <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like, I just want to go. I, I'm like, you want to go? I want to go. Like, you're wrong. Here's why. Because I am of sane mind. You are not, you know, but I mean, that gets me nowhere. <laughs> um, yeah, I. I I there I actually I've been trying to do this for over a few years now but there are some family movies in my parents house and I stumbled upon them when I was like maybe like 17 18 this is like probably the last time I saw these videos but there is a video of my dad talking to my aunt and this person has put us through hell the last 5 years this aunt I am not talking to them at all and yeah they went through a tough time. They lost a child. I'm not discrediting that. But it was not okay what they did. And um, in the video, I mean, I'm like eight or nine. There, My dad is laughing with her. 
And she's saying, <laughs> yeah, we won't believe anything Katrina says about you guys if you guys don't believe anything Katrina says about us. And they were just laughing. And I was like, I, I mean, I've always been a tattletaler. Always. I saw, I saw someone doing something wrong. Yeah, I'm going to be I'm gonna be a fucking bitch. And I'm going to say, hey, so-and-so pushed so-and-so in the pool. You know, like, I'm going to be that person. And so I, it makes me really wonder, like, what I don't know, you know, things that happen that I don't remember. And it's just, it sucks. It really sucks. I, I told my therapist that I just feel like I need a hard reset, which is why I'm looking at this MDMA trial that's actually been, is being done by the VA here in Atlanta uh, to help soldiers coming home with, you know, PTSD. Um, and it's like in its fourth clinical trial. So I'm really hoping that it kind of helps. I mean, I've heard lots of good things about it. So I hope that that can help with that hard reset that I need because it's just, I don't know. I just feel stuck and I don't want to be stuck. You know, I want to know. There we go. I'm like, why is I'm I'm sitting there trying to click to say something and I'm just like too much time, dead time. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I I hear you. I I do hope that works out for you as well. But um, yeah, there's so much to just unpack about toxic family and hold on. No worries, no worries. And that could be an episode upon an episode, and I can bring in you know family members and stuff, and that's <laughs> that'll uh, would be an episode in itself. But um, yeah, I, I hear you, I feel you there. Um, gosh, man, it's just. A lot of times, families cause a lot of damage because they will choose religion over their yeah. flesh and blood. Exactly. A lot of times, people fuck up because they use a text that was written, allegedly, thousands of years ago to govern their lives. Oh, yeah, yeah. Following letters that were written for specific groups. Thank you. (laughs) Not even American to dictate what they do in their lives. And it was made clear at the beginning of said letter that it was for this group of people. Mm. And they use it like, oh, this is for us. No, goddammit. This is just for you to read so you can see how they were supposed to act. That doesn't mean that's how you should. You're not even the same. Like, your life is different. You're, it is like everything is mm. modern. Like you're you're holding on to these teachings and shit, and you're using it to hide behind when you want to ban people from reading books because they're mm-hmm. in drag or um, talking about critical race theory, which I'm convinced no one knows what the fuck critical race theory is because they keep saying, "Yeah, it needs to ban it because it's racist." Why is it racist? Um, I, I I don't know why, but I just know it's bad. But why? Why is it bad? They can never answer that question. Oh, because it's woke. Tell me, what do you think woke means? And they'll start listing all this liberal PC uh, leftist shit. I'm like, okay, so first off, it deals with systematic racism and being aware of it, being in your surroundings and stuff like that. And it was a black term. We use that term. So why do you keep using it for the LGBTQIA plus community when that is nothing to do with being woke? 
Stop trying to lump us all together. We are not the same. We are not a monolith. And most of all, it's just, it's totally different things. This is us. And you keep taking our terms and trying to, I mean, they appropriate everything. They appropriate our our speech, what we talk about, our hairstyles. You know, they appropriate um, the things that we say. And they they take it and water it the fuck down. I'm just like, good God, that's not what it meant. That's not what it means. Stop using it. And then they keep trying to blame everything on everybody else, but they never point the finger at themselves. And it's the most fucking frustrating thing in the world. If you would just sit there and just realize that you're wrong, that you are just saying a lot of shit that's just way out of pocket, maybe there might be some hope for you. But it's just so many times, you know, it's just they they keep trying to use our terms to describe the shit that they're unhappy with. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's just fucking everything up. But yeah, I'm convinced most of them don't know what CRT is. Most of them have no clue what being woke is. Um, they don't understand any of that shit. But they keep saying it, and it sounds it sounds smart. But no, they're a bunch of fucking idiots. I'm sorry. Um, again, no knock on anyone that is a conservative. No, no knock on anyone that's a Republican or GOP. But if you're one of those people who use a talking point of CRT is bad, I don't know why it's bad, but I know it's bad. Educate yourself. That's a problem. Yeah. Please understand what, what the term is and have an understanding of what it is mm-hmm. from a non-Fox News syndicate, you know, um, source. And then maybe we can have a decent conversation. Yeah. But good God, no. Like, it's just, yeah. People, like I said, people. Churches um, are feeding that. Churches yeah. are feeding that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, gosh, I, um. What I want to say, Katrina, is thank you for sharing your story. Obviously, there was a lot of things there. Um, and again, if we had more time to go over everything, you know, we could have like a five, six part series or whatever and kind of dig into it. But I'm pretty sure um, everything you've shared now is is great um, for those who are listening to kind of start asking questions about themselves and everything else. You know, you just flesh out with your therapist. Um, I just started following you on TikTok and saw some of the stuff you, you know, you post and how you're kind of dealing with your trauma. And I, I think you're doing a great job and um, I commend you. And I just want to say, keep it up um, because people are going to need to hear what it is you have to say. I started hearing uh, from a lot of people after January of last year, when I started airing my episodes about my own personal experience and like the first four episodes of the podcast was me sharing my own individual experience. And then the rest of that se- that whole season, season one was all of my friends sharing theirs. And oh, it was just really, it's just really crazy how we were all in the organization roughly around the same time. And we were all experiencing different things at the same time, but it all was around the same theme of gaslighting, manipulation, sexism um racism you know just classism like so many different things mm-hmm. happening at the same time um and it wasn't until we started sharing our stories that the the ceiling started to break the glass ceiling started to shatter and we realized wow yeah. this shit was happening to more than just me and it wasn't okay and you know i'm not crazy i'm not um i i'm not what they tried to make me you know what they what they tried to say that I was uh, mm-hmm. to try to convince me that there was something wrong with me. It was them. What they did was wrong. Um, yeah. It takes a lot to kind of process that and get that understanding because for you know for people who are for people who like to have the control, 
They don't mm -hmm. want to give it up. So they'll do everything in their power to keep you under their control for as long as they can. But the minute that glass ceiling, uh, ceiling shatters and oh, yeah. you realize what they are doing and saying is complete bullshit, they lose that control. They fucking lose their minds. They are narcissistic as hell and they lose yeah. their mind because they realize they've lost you. And I think that's a big reason. Again, I'm not going to speak about, you know, things that I know, but it's a big reason why your parents are flipping out completely because they still have, you know, four other siblings that they, you know, they, they, they got locked in too. But if they all started challenging things as that's well, what that's what I'm saying. And I yeah. told them, I'm trying to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you going to do in a year? I'm just going to stay here. Why? <laughs> Find a friend. Yeah. Rent a room. That's what I I mean, I was out at 17. I was counting down the days. I mean, I had a little four button phone that had a calendar. I mean, I was like 10 or 11. I'm like, this is the day I turn 18. This is the day I'm going to be free. I, I, I'm going to do it, you know? And I did it. I did it. And I mean, just even saying that out loud, what kind, what kind of childhood do you have to have? And I mean, we were really privileged. Yeah. My dad worked in IT. He, he went to Ivy League school on a scholarship. He got lucky. And, but it, it, there were, there were so many situations where we were living above our means. We were in lots of debt just because mom, you know, being an, I would say it's more like an immigrant thing. You want to look what Amer like America, right? You want to look like what America is. <clears throat> and when you don't do that wisely, then you're going to have problems. And I mean, that's what's happened. Um, and there were points where we were like, my dad had to completely cut my mom off. And all this whole time, my mom is like screaming at the pastor, like, you need to tell, you need to control him. You need to do this. You need to tell, you know, and the pastor is like, well, we can, you know, pray about it. And they ordained my father. Like he was an ordained pastor. He had people under him. And I mean, they were great for other people to an extent. They helped a lot of people. But I mean, I don't know. I just have a hard time. I'm, I'm grateful because I know how I know how I'm really great with other people. I can talk to anyone on the street. I can like do anything. You know, and aside from that, like I'm grateful for that. Thanks, mom. Thanks, dad. But that's pretty much it, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that's hard to say. But and I realize, you know, part of that is the people they listen to their leadership who they put on that pedestal, why they put them on that pedestal. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, they're, they're going to lose their shit when, I mean, one of them just turned 18. She was here and I mean, she was, she didn't want a jacket and they started screaming at her. You got to put on a jacket. You're, you live in our house. I'm like, girl, you just turned 18. You need like, please, please go, please. Like, and, and they're just, Immobile, like immobile, is that the right word? They're they just don't think it can get any better. The youngest one is like, I'm gonna die here. I thought I just accepted it, and she's like, she just turned 14. No. I'm gonna die in this. I'm like, but you don't have to. Take my hand. Come on, you know. And it there's nothing, and that's what religion has done to them. Yeah. I <clears throat> so. Not to make light of the situation, but I have to go back a good 25 seconds where 
They flipped out about a fucking jacket. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh my god. <clears throat> yes. I'm sitting there. The whole day, I was like, I was like, Tabitha, you turn 18 today. What do you want to do? Like, you want to get a tattoo? You want like something? Whatever you want to do, let me help you. And it was like, no, I'll be fine. Yeah, they'll they'll respect me. They'll listen to me. And it was it was like the whole rest of the day. I was like, really? And I tried standing up for her, and they started getting pissed off at me. Everyone's starting to get pissed off at me. And I was yeah. like, I don't care. I've always been that person. I've had my dad screaming in my face, get out, get out, get out. And I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. You're going to hit me? I'm not 10 anymore. I dare you. Mm. So that gets you, you know. But, yeah, when you said that, you know, when you stand up to someone and it, they, my parents were very violent. My mom mostly to, like, the point of blood. Like that. And she would she would chase you around the house with a knife laughing. Good God. Um, and I mean, it got to a point where me and my sister are like, we ha- we're telling our parents, we're telling people around us and nothing is happening. And so I'm like, OK, I'm going to set up a camera. And it was like the one that has like the little the little tape. OK, that's how that's how old this camera was. And we're going to put it right here. And you and me are just going to sit down and read. We're going to sit right here. And man, she comes flying up with a knife. And that video, I sent it to family. They were ready to lock her up, bro. They were like, she's going into an institution tomorrow. And that didn't happen. Because, oh, someone won, someone in the family said they just need to go to marriage camp. They just need to, to rekindle their love. Which we never saw. You know, as kids, we never saw our parents in love. So we, and all we saw was at the church, you know, people popping kids and whoever could have over, you know, whoever could out kid the Duggars. <laughs> Good God. You know, that was it. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. And that, that's crazy. I mean, that, that brings up something else as well. Um, just how love is not really a thing like, romance and intimacy and stuff whatever the whole purpose of getting married was you know procreation and you know it's like a contract you know yeah and it's just and my whole you know my thought pattern or process on marriage and you know monogamy and all that stuff like i mean my understanding of it all that shit has changed like i mean it's just um i have a better you know understanding and appreciation for those who are in ethical non-monogamous relationships because that takes a lot um to even do that and commit to it but you you have an understanding you understand that you're getting you're not going you're not just trying to sleep around you're not trying to be promiscuous you have a connection with more than one person and you're not sitting here thinking that you have to be with an individual for the rest of your life unless you absolutely want to but in church which is ironic because there were a lot of concubines and a lot of, you know, right. plural marriages in the Bible. And then out of nowhere, it just stopped. But it's just mm-hmm. the funniest thing in the world how they are against it now when it was something that was running rampant, you know, back in the day. Um, but it's just the funniest thing. But the way they try to make it, it's like one man, one woman for a lifetime, no matter what, your husband could be beating the shit out of you. That's all right. Just pray about it. Uh, he could be sexually assaulting you. That's okay. Just pray about it. It's all right. Yeah. You're married. It's okay if he has sex with you. It doesn't matter if you want to say no. And, you know, I mean, they literally have, the, they try to use a scripture where it's just like, connect with each other, be with each other. You only are time uh, apart from one another when you are praying and fasting. But outside of that, 
Do not deprive one another. They're literally trying to use yeah. this document here to yeah. excuse sexual assault. They don't understand how damaging that is when they try to preach about it. You know, and some of these pastors who they get creepy when they talk about sex. One of them had a, you know, one guy did a service from a bed. He was literally they had a bed on stage and he did a sermon in the fucking bed. Like, um, What's this okay, that's a little bit too much. Like, I, I don't want to learn any sexual tips from a white dude, you know, sitting on this goddamn bed. That's all right, dog. I'm, I'm good, you know. But like, but then there's others who don't want to talk about it at all. And again, they use it as, oh, it's just to procreate. You have so many, you know, off the wall shit. Either it's like extreme with sex or not talking about it at all. And people are having to fend for themselves to try to figure shit out because it's taboo. You can't talk about it. And it just makes me think that, like, I mean, they keep trying to make this cookie cutter. Everything has to be the same thing. And that's where, you know, people just keep getting tripped up on all these things. I can go on tangents and stuff. But, you know, getting back to the whole not seeing. So, like, when you see your parents and you don't see the love or whatever, and you see it just seems like they're, you know, committed to each other because they had to be or, you know, because they chose to be. But there's not actual feelings there. That sounds like that's a root of a lot of issues that's going on because they weren't properly taught how to truly genuinely love somebody and it you know it trickles down from their marriage into their parenting into everything else and that's just like that right there is a prime example of where religion gets it wrong and it's so fucking frustrating because you're explaining your your story and your situation and everything like that and i'm pretty sure you're about a decade if not you know yeah probably a little you know if not less um younger than i am so everything that you were talking about and stuff that you were experiencing was not something that was happening in the 80s and 90s. That shit was probably happening in the last decade. I'm just like, how are they still hung up on this shit now? Like, it's just extremely <laughs> frustrating that it's still happening in 2023, yeah. that there are still things going yeah. on right now. Like, that's the most frustrating thing. And I'm glad that you were able to get away from it. I'm glad you and your husband are doing as best as you can, because I can't say... Mm-hmm great or better or whatever because i don't know your you know situation altogether but you got away from it so you have to be a hell of a lot better to not be a part of it oh, yeah. but it's you know but you still got four siblings you know that are you know probably in it still going through it you still got younger teen siblings that are you know still in the thick of it it's just yeah frustrating and in this day and age this is still something that people are getting wrong but they keep pumping it into you know the minds of, of young ones thinking that this is this is how life should be, and it's not. Life is so much more better than yeah. dealing with this, you know, um, mythical bullshit. Yeah, no. Um, I have, I, I think I've told you in a message, I was scared to post some of the things I posted this week because these people yep. watch me. Every, they, they all watch me. They don't say shit to me. They're all watching me. Talking crap about, about me behind my back. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Because this is this is impacting somebody, you know, and and it's that that voice, you know, saying help, help, help is never going to go away, right? You know, you can always hear it. And there's uh, there's people in my newsfeed that I grew up in this occult church, right? And they're married in another country with five kids, one on the way, and how I. I you know, it's just concerning. I hope they're okay. You know, I hope they're okay. That's all I can do. Um, but there is a church in the Alpharetta coming area that is a lot of the people that left the church that our family was involved with are going to. 
Mm-hmm. Like if I went to that church, I'd be like, "Oh my goodness, are you Ken Brubaker's daughter?" I'm like, "Yeah." Yep. <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, and, and they'll be in a good way. Wow, they blessed me. They blessed me. You know, like, okay, great. I'm so glad. Great for you. But um, they're still believing this lie, you know, uh, of, of life and sweeping things under the rug and for the glory of God, you know. Um, part of me wants to go, like, infiltrate. <laughs> Start asking questions. Well, why do you do that? Oh, I didn't even think about that. I, I'm very much a person that guys don't want their girlfriends talking to because I'm gonna be like, he did what? And you were okay with that? You know, and, and it's like, um, that's a red flag, honey. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? Why? You know, it's like, ah, okay. <laughs> you know? And then they're like, they, I, you know, I don't see them. <laughs> or I have to stand up to him and I'm like, what you did, that's, fu- that's fucked up. You don't do that shit. Right. Um, I don't know. I've kind of just reached a point where I'm over it. And I mean, I feel like it can get me in trouble. But I'm okay with that. I've always been the one in trouble. Like, I've always been the black sheep. So I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. Don't care. Kind of mentality. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's needed. Uh, You know, we need those people who are willing to be the black sheep that are able to you know, stand up and say, this shit is wrong. And, you know, you're going to you're gonna catch heat. You're going to face criticism from somebody. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's needed. Criticism is going to be needed. You know, someone isolating and all this other stuff. Because you're going to have people, <clears throat> don't don't associate with Christina. She's doing da-da-da-da-da. And some people are going to be right there like, yeah, we're not going to do that. But there's going to be that one person who's like, huh, I want to know yes. a little bit more about what it is that she's talking exactly. about. Because I've been dealing with these things, too. And that's the it's one happened, person you're doing it for. Many times. Yeah. Seven times. And I'm like, at, at our last congregation, I was told directly by the pastor, you need to get off social media. You need to stop doing whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> you're my dad. Like, I've had this conversation with so many other people. So many other people. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do what I'm doing. That's yeah. The last church I was a part of, I had that too. Um, the pastor, because I think I posted something, and I think I was posting it to be snarky, and the pastor's wife jumped on and said something, and I didn't hold back. Like I mean, I I stood by what I said. And then I got that email or text or call. I can't remember whichever one it was, but he was just like, "Hey, it's getting back to me by people that you're saying da da da," and I'm just yeah. like, "Yeah, I I mean." I'm sorry, you know, I mean, I'm not going to apologize for who I am. They were trying to convict me of stuff, and then we had to have a, a meeting, and it was brought, you know, to my attention, the post, and you know, and he was just like, yeah, but you said this. I was like, yeah, I know. He's like, and you're kind of, you're okay with what was said? I was like, yes, because <laughs> I, I'm not going to apologize. Eventually, basically, after that, I was told that, you know, look, it's getting back to me by other members of other, you know, uh, church campuses, because this was a huge mega church but it was a bunch of small you know churches as well um and i was a worship leader at one of them and uh basically i was told that other churches are seeing your post and they're coming back to me about it you got to tone down what you're saying kind of thing yeah i'm scared of that so yeah so it's you know there's always a fun thing so i i stopped what i was talking about but the minute the pandemic hit and our church was in furlough. And I was like, look, you know what? At this point, I don't give a fuck if anyone, if I get fired, I don't care if anything else happens at this point. I'm going to stop 
holding back my speech for other people. I never cussed on Facebook until 2020. Like I was not that person. I didn't say anything like, I mean, I, I've been cussing all my life, but not as much as I do now from, you know, from 2002 until 2020, it was very limited with a lot of the stuff that I said, but when I no longer cared, I let shit fly like crazy to the point to where I was getting calls from my mom, Fred, stop cussing on Facebook. And I'm just like, no, fuck that mom. I'm not going to stop cussing on Facebook. I'm sorry. So it's just like, and it's funny because after a point, it's just like, look, if I can't be who I am, if I cannot operate in my authentic form, then there's mm-hmm. no reason for me to be a part of anything or connect to anything. So either you're going to love who I am as an individual and accept who the fuck I am, or you ain't got to be in my world. And that's when people started dropping like flies. They wanted nothing else to do with mm-hmm. me. So yeah, be that person that stands out because people are going to, they're going to notice it and they're either going to say, dude, what happened to you? You change. You need to repent or, dude, I don't know mm-hmm. what happened, but thank you for sharing because yeah. your journey, I've watched it and it's made me start questioning and challenging things and it's mm-hmm. helped me with my own journey. That's who the fuck my messages are for. I don't give a damn about everybody else on this side. Yeah. You can go on, live your life and do everything like yeah. that. I'll find a new group of people. You know, it's just, it's, yeah, some of them that I lost, I missed them like crazy. Mm-hmm. But on the same note, I don't miss the shit that I had to go to and go through to yeah. endure a friendship with that person. Fuck that. Yeah, friend, I don't know. I feel like friendships has always been overrated or one-sided for me. So I've kind of always been like, eh. But um, I did want to say, like, yeah, part of my deconstruction has been, like, really rough because of these churches and what people are doing. But on the other hand, I am so – I know so much that it gets me to a point where I'm like, that's not Jesus. I know Jesus and not, and not because someone told me who Jesus was because I have experienced it within myself. I have moments where I'm like, Oh shit, this is happening right now. You're talking to me. And he's like, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's mm-hmm. not, probably not your experience, but I'm like, that's how I know. And I'm, I'm able to keep going because I know who he really is and what he really does and what he really stands for. And it's not this shit. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I, I'm okay cussing at the end of that because it's just a word to express how I feel. Mm-hmm. It's not going to send me down, right? You know, um, and so yeah, it breaks my heart every day. You know, seeing all these people stuck here in these places, and it's just like I can't. I have to say to myself, Katrina, you cannot save everyone because I just want to go fix. I just want to go fix. I want to go help. I want to do what I can. And that's just not realistically possible. So I guess that's why I've become louder because this is a way for me to do that without it, you know, me trying to be too controlling because I've always been in control because nothing was in control in my life. So I don't know. It's just a hard, hard place. Yeah, it is. And sometimes you can't see it, but it is rewarding because again, at the end of the day, you're going to have that one person who is totally going to hear you, see you and reach out to you. Like, you know, they have and say, Hey, I needed to hear what you had to say because my experience is similar. And I, you know, I didn't know if there was a way out and you know, it's been there. 
it's been great. Some of my interviews that I've had with people were people who are thanking me for sharing my own story because it gave wow. them the courage to share theirs. And, um, you know, that's, good. that's one of the reasons why I keep doing it. Cause you know, for a while I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to, you know, jump back in season two is all people that were not a part of the organization I was a part of. Mm-hmm. So I finally was like, Hey, maybe there's other people that want to share their stuff too. Like I said, I've had Jehovah's witness. Um, I've had people who were, um, fundamental baptist i've had people that went to bob jones university i had people oh my that went to, gosh. <laughs> exactly i had people that went to my alma mater liberty university like i mean it's just like it, it's crazy i've had some stories and like and a lot of the shit that i've been hearing is like wow like it's it's crazy it's just crazy to think that people look at the christian faith and look at it as the only faith i think mm-hmm. that it's you know without error without blemish but you see all these stories that are not the same coming from multiple places all mm-hmm. around the country, if not world. And it's like, how in the fuck is this the only one? And so many people keep getting it wrong. After it's a point, you got to look back. Yeah. No, it's you. It's men. <laughs> yeah. I hate. I'll take that, man. You know, like it just they keep fucking shit up, you know, and it's just it's really bad. It's it's again, sometimes it is comical how bad they get it. And it's, you see so many stories of a lot of these things that people are doing and saying, it's just like, they're so afraid of change. They're afraid of people that are, you know, enlightening themselves and just learning and realizing that, you know, the shit that I was taught, I was programmed is wrong. And, you know, I, I, I gotta, you know, I gotta break through it, break away from it. It's just funny to see what people will do to try to keep people in line. And it's not working and people are fucking freaking out because they realize that control is being broken. So keep mm-hmm. doing the shit that you're doing. Like for, yeah. for real, Katrina, keep doing what you're doing. Um, because who, whoever needs to hear it is definitely, you know, they, they're out there. I hear every day, man. I hear I yeah. this, this. And I mean, I, I had that confirmation the day the pastor came to tell me, hey, you know, you, you got to get off of that. I was mm-hmm. like, someone in your congregation today <clears throat> called me to say this about something that they saw that I did and how th- they were in tears. So mm-hmm. don't try to come and tell me this. Like, mm-hmm. that's against what I'm supposed to do. And I know that for a fact, you know? Um, yeah, I, I've just, that's just kind of my mentality. And, and I, I don't want to say I'm, I'm totally arrogant. I don't want to say, like, what I know is right and, and it's right because I know it's right. But it's because I'm constantly testing myself. Is this right? Is this the right thing I should be doing right now? You know, because I, I don't want to, I mean, this is probably going to trigger you, but I'm like, I don't want to do what I want to do because I've already done that shit. Mm-hmm. Did not help me. I want to do what I'm supposed to do, what I'm created to do, what I am supposed to do on this earth. I don't want to waste time. And I do, I truly believe that I'm doing it. I truly believe that. I'm good. Well, I... Definitely. Again, you don't need, you know, you don't need my affirmation or anything like that. But yeah, I, I definitely feel like you are doing what you need to do and what you're called to do. And you just keep doing that shit. You just keep you. fucking doing it because <laughs> there are people, you know, you're going to keep hearing it and you're going to hear the, you know, the ones that need it. They're going to keep reaching out. And even if they don't, you'll start yeah. seeing the change in them. And yeah. you're like, hey, you know, I'm glad you're, you know, you're seeing this stuff. And they might even just say, hey, you're a big part of that. Just keep doing mm-hmm. the shit you're doing. You're not doing it for that. You're not doing it for the recognition. You're just doing it because, like you said, you feel like you have you need to be louder so that people can hear the shit that you've gone through. And it'll get to them so that they can hear this and realize well, this shit is wrong. This is bad. I need to break away from it. Keep doing mm-hmm. it for that reason. 
the reason why there's a season two of this podcast because it, it's not just about me and the organization it's about a lot of people that dealt with a lot of religious trauma it's time to air that shit out like and it has to keep going until they start making the necessary changes to be able to turn shit around and that's going to take an eternity in itself but so fucking be it as loud as they are with the shit that's wrong we're going to be just as loud with the shit that they that- did wrong and we're just gonna, you know, outpower them because there's a hell of a lot more of us than there are of them. That's that's huge. That's big. Um, yeah. I and I really feel like they're trying. They, I really felt like in the last congregation we were at, I, they were really pushing to silence me and everything that they were saying. And they were like, "Well, you need to come and and do like a ceremony with us that we're sending you off." And I'm like, "No, that just means another Sunday that I'm there, and I cannot do that." I mean, um, I mean, this is this is pretty hard. Um, the big nail in the coffin for us leaving where we were just at was I was in in worship practice, and we've been doing this since our daughter was four months old, and we don't have any support. We don't. Ha- we have to be there at. We have to get up at five thirty, pack the child, all of the drinks for the day, be there till one, two, three. If we're at the Spanish service playing and that's our Sunday like that was it for I don't even know a year year and a half yeah someone said hi to me this morning but that it was just really bad so we were in worship one uh for the practice and all of a sudden there was an audio that was playing and this audio was a child saying help mommy help help and immediately I am I'm triggered. I'm I'm star I'm having a fucking panic attack. And um I this, this was in practice. I was like what is happening? What is happening? What is happening? I mean, and someone there who has has not really put their position out. I don't know if it's because they really can't because they've been so involved with this church. They were kind of trying to reassure me like this is what's happening. If you need to not be here like do what you need to do. And I really, really appreciate them saying that to me. That was huge. That really helped me get through that day. But then it happened during the service. And I'm having a full-blown panic attack for like a 30-minute. And I'm, I'm frozen. My husband does not even know what to do. He has never seen me like this. And no one moved. This church had, what, over 100 people? The pastor's wife was sitting behind me. He could see, the pastor could see me himself from the stage. And it was just like, what I've described, it was just like a sense of evil saying, I'm going to make you suffer yet again. You're going to, you're never going to forget what I let happen to you. Does that make any sense? Um, And and I, and I told the pastor when they came over, I was like, I'm just shocked. You were sitting behind me. Like, I'm not a pastor. Someone crying and having a panic attack full, like covering their ears, you know, trying to get through a day in front of me. I would, I would, are you okay? Do you need a tissue? Do you need me to pray for you? Whatever you need. And, and this person was like, so like, well, I didn't want everyone to see me getting up and helping you. That was literally the first reason. I was like, excuse me? What if you don't want to be touched? 
And it just, it just hurts me because I wonder how many other people had that same situation. And I guess the million dollar question that everyone's been asking me was like, why, why did this pastor show this clip for over two minutes of a child screaming? Help, help me, please help me. It makes no sense. And I mean, it was to prove, you know, this is how we are with God sometimes. And like, you don't have to do that, man. Uh, that's that it and I told him like you didn't just hurt me there was there were people there who were, they were frozen they didn't even know what they were feeling because they've never felt it before or have have been told that whatever they were feeling did wasn't legitimate so it, it's that was kind of like the nail in the coffin for us I was like I am not doing this I wrote it down on a piece of paper I cannot do this anymore to my husband while I was in the service this is it I'm done um and yeah we we didn't we kind of left without a trace i keep getting messages from people where are you we haven't seen you we didn't even notice you were gone you know and i'm, I'm not even responding anymore because i don't i don't want to fight i don't want to feed into oh yeah this is what they did this is what you guys really are i, I don't want to do that and i just pray and hope that one day they'll see something i'll be like why why have i been struggling here for a year with no support So it, it's just, you know, oh, we, we love everyone. We'll accept everyone. And it's just like, they just wear it like a flag. And it's, it's not it. It's not it, fam. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but yeah, kudos to you figuring it out and getting away from it. You know, just in everything. I mean, it's definitely uh, going to be beneficial in the long run, uh, for sure. So this yep. has been, I, I want to say this has been a great, uh, great interview i know at the beginning you were like this isn't the first time i've done this i don't know you know how it's gonna go we are at the two hour mark i think it's okay fucking <laughs> my well. phone is about to die my yeah about so to so i think yeah so i think we're at a good point here and i just want to say thank you for just sharing your story and um for allowing us to just you know be a part of your world for a couple of hours and you know and uh, I wish you well. I wish you and your husband nothing but the best when it comes to, like I said, your your musical endeavors. Um, I wish you the best with your uh, incoming family visit, you know, from your parents. I really hope it's a pleasant one, even though, you know, based on everything that you shared, it sounds like it's going to be hell. Um, so I, 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 yeah. So I hope it's the, you know, the the best kind of hell. I, guess. I don't even know how to fucking say that. You know what I'm saying? Um least amount of hell there it is best kind of hell what the hell does that mean you know um but yeah i i hope it's you know going to be a, a good visit as much as it possibly can uh, but keep doing what you're doing like i said keep sharing your story keep making your posts and stuff and uh yeah i look forward to just hearing more from you and just seeing you know the awesome things that you're doing and uh, thank yeah you. thank you and thank you so much um Hey, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. To get updates on new episodes, please subscribe. Do us a favor, share the podcast on social media with your friends, family, and enemies. Leave a rating or review for others to be able to discover the content, whatever you want. We just appreciate your time and energy. Thank you again, and have a good one.